You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie, if you want, for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag, and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that that other item. So you get one free item for penis havers, one free item for vulva havers, one free item for couples, and then you also get six free movies from the AdamEve.com website. You can get your favorite porn or an educational film. I love free movies. They're so awesome. This is such a great deal. And then, on top of that, you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So, to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to AdamEve.com. You're going to go to checkout and you're going to type in DarkPod. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout, and you're going to get one item, almost anything in the store, at 50% off, and then you're going to get those 10 free gifts, absolutely free, as part of your offer. This is such a great deal, and this is just for you, Disability After Dark listeners, and I hope you run over to AdamEve.com and take advantage of it right now. Content warning. The language content and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. You're listening to Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories with your host, disability awareness consultant, Drew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. And thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I am your delectably, deliciously disabled host, Andrew Gerza. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get the show started, everybody. First things first, I gotta give a shout out to one of my Patreon supporters, who's a Patreon peep who put their hard-earned dollars down to keep the bright lights shining on these disability stories. And so, because they did that, they are listening to this show one day early on a very special Patreon feed, completely ad-free. And so let me give a shout-out to them right now. The shout-out today goes to my new friend, Katie Marrer, Marrer, who pledged, I can't say your name super right, but it's Katie Marr, which makes me think of more. And I hope you love the show more than I love you because you're pretty great and I hope you love the show. Thank you, Katie Marr, for pledging $2 a month 
to keep the bright light shining on the show. And for your $2 pledge, you get the weird, awkward shout-out I just gave you and the chance to get the show one day early, completely ad-free. So thank you for your pledge. If you out there want to pledge to this groundbreaking program all about disability stories, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and you can pledge as little as $1 a month up to $5 a month or more or even you can pledge a yearly amount if that works for your budget. Whatever you can do, I really appreciate it. And if you're not able to pledge financially because I know the times we're in, if you're not able to, you can leave a review on iTunes, tell your friends, listen to the show, um, all the things. I really appreciate it. Whatever kind of feedback you want to give me. It means so, so much. But now, on to the show. The show today that we're going to do today started out as I was just going to talk to a new friend of mine, David Waddell, who's a disabled artist with Spastic CP who lives in Calgary. And we were just going to talk about how his art and his craft as a visual artist is informed by his disability and that was the plan for the show and that's all we were going to do and then when he got on the air when we started recording this a couple weeks ago the very first thing he says is hi my name is David and I'm a visual artist and I have CP and I'm a proud gay man with CP and we ended up having a conversation not only about his art and how his disability informs his practice of art and how he kind of became an entrepreneur doing art as a disabled person. But also, it was really, really nice to sit down with somebody who has the same level of cerebral palsy that I do and the same experiences of CP as a queer man that I do and trying to navigate being queer and trying to navigate sexuality as somebody with CP. It was like sitting down with a younger version of myself a little bit talking about that and just being able to sit in a room and shoot the shit with um, this other disabled guy who's had such similar experiences to me of queerness. And, and it was just really nice to do that and really nice to talk with him. We talk about, you know, some of his sexual experiences. We talk about what he likes and didn't like. We talk about bottoming and topping. We talk about how disability is is interplays with all of that. There was so much that go that went into this chat. It was really fun. We make jokes about big paint brushes because David's a painter. We um, we talk a little bit about sex work. Uh, we talk a little bit about um, yeah, the way how David feels about his identity as a disabled person and how he's not defined by his CP, but how he's defined by his art, and so much more. I really, really enjoyed this one. Now, just for the listeners, David has a little bit of what I refer to as the cerebral palsy accent. Because of his specificity, his voice may be a little bit difficult to hear and a little bit difficult to understand at times. So really, just listen as closely as you can. And once you're able to hear it, you'll understand him really well. Um, but I just wanted to give you a heads up that because of his disability, sometimes his voice went a bit high. But it was a great, great interview. I love chatting with him, and I really hope you enjoy it with my interview with my new friend as we talk about big paintbrushes, my new friend, visual artist, David Woodell, right here on Disability After Dark. Elwood from the Blues Brothers. Amazing. And we got that on the recording, yeah. and I'm going to totally give you it. So anyway, David Woodell, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on Disability After Dark. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great, man. It's such a pleasure to have you. And I, I, we have been circling doing this for a while now. We've been like changing the schedule, and I've been changing things on you. And it's been a real fun time trying to get this interview happening, but I'm so happy we're finally sitting down together um can you introduce yourself to the audience tell us a little bit about who you are and what you yes. do hello universe i'm david Riddell. i'm a visual artist i am also a proud gay man um i've been uh painting off and on 
No, since, um, since I can remember and because this lovely pandemic, I was able to <clears throat> redirect my passion and, and start a business and it's been going really well. That's really awesome. Um, I think it's really cool that, you know, and I can see, correct me if I'm wrong, you're somebody with cerebral palsy, right? I am, yes. I figured that out right away. As soon as I saw you, I was like, oh, yeah, you have CP too. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's really cool to hear people with, with disabilities like ours choosing to take, choosing to do, to make their own business. Obviously, like, we know how hard it is, not only during the pandemic, but just as a disabled person to find work. So the fact that you kind of were like, I want to make this my, I want to, you know, turn something I'm passionate about into something that I can sustain myself on. That's really cool. Absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that. You know, having a disability, as you know, it's hard for people to maybe take us seriously um, as, yep. you know, uh, contributing members of society. So when something does kind of go my way, it um, kind of reaffirms that I'm doing the right thing. And you, you know, you, I think being, first of all, being an entrepreneur, because I'm an entrepreneur too. So I know, I just know the struggles of being an entrepreneur and also trying to prove to somebody because I'm disabled, I deserve, you know, I deserve to do this. And let me like, I have value here and I, like, yeah. I deserve to, to make something too and make a living for myself. Um, did you, now the first question I have for you are what are your disabilities and how do they impact your life? But I kind of think we talked about that already. You have CP, and you're yes. a power wheel. You're a power wheelchair user, right? I am. Yes. Um, are there any other ways that your disabilities impact your day to day? I mean, uh, with cerebral palsy, with cerebral palsy being so broad, I mean, I mean, it's. <clears throat> I think that's enough for one person to handle. So I'm very lucky in that I have no other visible or invisible disabilities. And do you have care? Do you have like people that come in and assist you? Yeah, I have, I have full-time, uh, full-time respite care built into the building that I, I live at. So, oh, nice. So very similar <clears throat> to like, so it's like supported housing. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. I I didn't really realize that was like a nationwide thing we we're doing. So that's you're and you're in you're in Calgary, right? Calgary, yes, you got it, and you even pronounce it right too. <clears throat> I did I did some phone work. I know how I I listened to all those accents when I was, when I was doing <laughs> yeah telephone work. So I know how, I know how all the the Westerners say the word the right way. Yeah. Um, so so other than other than having CP, and I'm I, from what I can see. On the camera, it's spastic CP, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> in what other ways can you tell us? Like, how does your, what kind of, how does just so people understand, kind of David's day? How does yes. how does your CP impact your life? Uh, well, I, I have a tremendous, uh, <clears throat> tremendously high startle reflex. So <clears throat> any sort of sudden movement or a lot of noise will just kind of send my body into the, like tremors and and I'll be, I'll be you know I, I scare pretty easily so um, I always have to deal, deal with like weird little tremors and and um, stuff like that but you know I don't I don't really. I, I don't want to be so naive to say I don't really notice it, but I don't really pay attention to it because it's all I've never known. So it's yeah. just it's it's just the way I am. How does having and we'll get more into your art in like just a minute, but how does having spastic CP impact your you you as an artist? Uh, well. It, it, it's interesting, you know, I'm able to kind of channel um, 
my CD and use it to my advantage when it comes to painting because I just kind of go with the, the, the spasms and... Oh, that's cool. So the... Yeah, and luckily for me, I'm an outside artist, so, you know, I can make anything <laughs> look good. So what you're saying is the spasm, if you get scared and you're painting, you're like, great, it's cool. There's a whole different thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's working. Um, is that where, and I, I, the name of your company is Six Wheel Painting Co., which yes. I love. Um, is that kind of, is the six wheel in, like, in reference to your wheelchair? It, it is. You, you hit it right on the head. <laughs> and I, I think. That's really awesome. I, I think you, you are the first person to, to get it right off the bat. Oh, of course, because you got the front wheel and the back wheel, and then you have the two little back wheels at the back, right? The one. The there you go. Ones. There you go. You got it. I yeah, I get it. I understand. And I lo- I also love that it's from because I can see the t-shirt you're wearing and there's rainbow on it and the six wheel yes. go. and six it's very queer. It's that. super queer friendly. And how do I get one? And I will let me know. I'll purchase one after this because I really want one. Super nice. I, well, I I will absolutely send send you all the swag you want. Amazing. I'm going to, and I went on your website and I saw some of the paintings you do. They're really, they really are fantastic. And given now that I see you and now that I see the level of disability you have, and I don't want to make this sound inspo party, but I will say as somebody with a similar level of disability to you, I can't paint worse shit. So <laughs> the fact that you're able to do that is very, is very, to me, from one fellow gimp to another, it's very <laughs> impressive that you can do that. And um, can you talk more about kind of how, like what in, what inspires you to want to do that? What what does painting mean for you, in relation to like disability? Uh, of course, I, I think the big takeaway I take from painting is, is that that moment where I'm just with the the canvas and all the paints, and that's one hundred percent my my thoughts and my ideas, and nobody has to help me get my thoughts onto the canvas. They just kind of happen. <clears throat> so it's kind of the one, I guess, the <clears throat> kind of the one act or the, the one place I'm able to be completely free. Oh my God. My heart just like <laughs> swelled and broke when I heard that. Cause I was going to say to you, I was going to say like, we as disabled people don't have a lot of spaces where we get, where we get to feel free. And, you know, one yeah. of the places where I feel the freest is when I'm doing exactly this, when I'm on a microphone able to, to say what I'm feeling about something and, you know, I'm able to create and, you know, looking at creation, it's a different medium, of course, but like I do the same thing when it comes to like pulling out the mic and having an hour conversation with somebody or putting together a show or doing that kind of stuff. So I understand completely. It's the one spot where you don't need help. You don't need a person. You don't need care. You don't have to schedule it into your day. It's just for you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you alluded to, like that's almost, almost a hundred percent of our lives. So if, if we're able to take ownership uh, of an hour of our life and and use it to our to our own you know creative pursuits then that's pretty powerful what did when you decided that this is something you wanted to do professionally and this is like your calling did people did people around you say like well you can't do that you're not you your disability is too severe. You can't paint. What it's too much work for you. Was there any pushback? Uh, fortunately for me, I have a very supportive network of people in my life, and and those those people, I just call them Instagram haters. You know, and so I don't I, I don't know them, so they're they don't they don't affect people, me. People will come onto your Instagram and send you hate. Because I, yeah, yeah, there's there's been a few hateful messages, but you know I just read it and you know delete it right away. And, wow, people suck. Yeah. People yeah, are the people worst. Do, people do suck, but it kind of um it kind of inspires me to create more. What and and does does your painting and your art does any of that 
Does any of the creations you make are any of them are like based around disability advocacy or any of them does it is does that play into it or is that a place where where you feel like you want to just not focus on being an advocate i mean if if the advocacy portion kind of works its way into to my art and my brand organically then you know i i don't think it would be very fair of me to to you know, close that door. But I'm, I look at myself as, a, as an artist first and someone who has a disability second. Yeah, yeah. And so... Well, and so I, I'm not defined by my CP, I'm defined by my artwork. Yeah, and then like, that's one of the things in the questionnaire that I was struck by. You kind of you said, you know you want to speak about who you are and not just being a person with a disability. Can you elaborate more on what you mean by that? Like how, how, cause we, you know how contentious the language debate around disability and like proper disability identifiers can be in every single person with disabilities carries a different view on what, what, how they want to be identified and how they want to be, what they want to be called and what is the appropriate language for them. So just for you and for no one else, but just for you, what is, what does it mean for you to be who you are and not just a person with a disability? Um, it, it honestly, I mean, I know, I know this is a vague answer and you're probably going to ask me to elaborate, but honestly, it means everything because without, um, without CP, I, I wouldn't have the patience that I do. I wouldn't have the, the, um, the determination and the, the, um, I guess the, um, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? But like the drive, the, the, drive or the, the fortitude um, to, you know, <clears throat> meet those challenges and, and just, um, just, I, I don't pay attention to, to the outside noise. I just focus on what's gonna make, <clears throat> Me happy, and if I can <clears throat> affect change through my art, that's um, that. That's my main goal. But again, it's but when you say be who you are, it's what you're saying is like you don't want to be defined by any label. Really, yeah. you just want to be David, and you want to do stuff. And if if disability falls into place, and of course it does, but like it's not the be all and end all for you. See, for me, like. Is that right? That's yeah. You, you got it. And you know, I, I'm number one. I'm a you know, I'm a proud gay man. So that that was. Um, oh, we're gonna get to that. Oh, yeah. I have questions about that. Well, fire away, because I'm I'm ready to talk all about that. So. Um. Well, let's let's put a queer artistic slant on this interview then. Um. So in the, and you said it, you said it right at the start and you said it kind of right now, you are a proud gay man. I think that's, that's amazing. And I think that's yes. awesome. And, and I, I would say you're a proud gay gimp, but that's just, <laughs> I love but, it. but um, I love it. tell me what, first of all, tell me a little bit about your coming out experience as a proud gay disabled man, because coming out as gay when you're disabled is fraught with a lot of stuff and people are concerned about it it's really hard for us to find communities so tell me a little bit about that story for you exactly so for, for me i i i knew pretty early on um you know that that i was gay <clears throat> but you know i i i was in the closet for a long time just <clears throat> just because i had this kind of warped view that it's hard enough for me to be in a chair, and I don't, I don't want to be, you know, known as the more of a burden to someone else. Totally, totally. So, so I, I kind of fought that for a, a long time, and then and tried to enter into these, you know, fake relationships, and I just thought if I met the right woman. All these feelings um, will kind of go away, 
but tell me the obviously truth. That so if you happen. met the right one, if you met the right woman, your your paint your your dream of, of finding a day with a big paintbrush would just disappear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But we all, we all know that that's not reality, and and I'm happy that you know I'm out now. And but it it was a a long journey, and and I could honestly say for the first time in you know over you know twenty years, this is the happiest I've ever been. Um, when, and when did and when did you and because I came out at sixteen, um, and I had all the same feelings you did about being a burden and being scared and not wanting to like make my family think already less of me than they already did because I was in a wheelchair. Like they loved me and they didn't think less of me at all, but I was all worried that they would. So when did you? Well, for you, when did you? It sounds like you came out almost kind of recently. When did you? Come out? Yeah, fairly recently. Like I would say, like two years ago. Um, oh wow! Yeah, so so I, I'm still I'm still a baby gay, you know. I'm I'm still. Oh, you're a baby gimpy gay. Oh, I like that. Oh, well then, as someone who's been out for almost twenty fucking years, like yeah. more than that now, twenty one yeah. now. Shit! Wow! Welcome to the club. You welcome to the club. Your handbook will be in the mail. I promise. And that that that's amazing. I love it. Um. um no. My my sister, my sister is gay as well, and and you know I, I was at her wedding a few years ago, and I I just thought she you know here's my sister truly in love with this beautiful woman, and she she has found her her soulmate, and you know I. I want that for me, so I owe it to myself to to come out and live my best authentic life and be true to who I am. That's amazing. And how old are you now? I'm uh, th- thirty three. Wow! So you just came that? Wow! That's yeah. You. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, well, congratulations and welcome to the Thank welcome you. to the gay to the gay game club. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'll make sure that your membership is in the mail. Uh, but tell me a little bit more about your. You know, you come out, and it's so new to you. Have you experienced? Because I remember, like, when I came out, I came out and, and said the words "I'm gay" years ago. But then, yeah. you know, three years later, I started trying to get dick. So yeah. I realized very quickly that gay men didn't know how to associate with me and didn't know how to handle the disability and didn't know how to do any of that what was have you come up to, against any ableism in the community have you come up against like trying to be sexual and not being able to do it like what's that been like for you i, I mean i mean the, the the question i always get on on you know grinder and tinder are you know does it work and and i always say well does what work and and it's it's almost like they're afraid to say it. Um, yeah. So it's it's like I'm breaking down, you know, yet another barrier, and and you know, like yeah, I want the, the same, you know, experience that you're looking for, um, but mine just requires a little more communication, and. You know, just just a little more understanding as we as we navigate, you know, the sexual realm. But and you know, since coming out, if I can be a little bit blue with you here, like what what have your sexual experiences been like since coming out? Have they been have they been positive? Have they been? They, they, they've been very positive and. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that because I wasn't expecting you to say positive at all. Yeah, no, it's been very positive. And, and you know, it was almost like that, you know, um, moment where, you know, you're, you feel like you've been missing something your whole life. and then, Yeah, it was dick. Yeah, big dick. <laughs> so, and that's... That was that's the answer to life, everyone. Just 
Just get some big dick. Just get, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Just get some big dick, and everything else will fall into place. Yeah. Or exactly. fall into you. You got it. Um. So. Again, without going too blue here, like what kind yeah. of positive, what kind of positive things have you experienced sexually as a proud gay disabled man? Um, basically, every everything that you would you, you can imagine. I mean, it just it, it just requires a lot more conversation, but the the conversations are had, and and then. Enjoyment pursuits. So it's, it's. Have you. Go ahead. Have you, have you felt like you've had to come out as disabled too to any of these people? Like, because I, I feel for me as a queer disabled person, like I, I have to come out as disabled when I'm around queer people. And I have to come out as, dis, as, as queer when I'm around disabled people. And it's a really weird like feeling. And so how do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, now that I'm out, I find it more awkward to have that whole and disability conversation than than any, anything else. And oftentimes, um, you know, if I'm talking to someone online or whatever, it, you know, you you reach that point where you have to tell them they are disabled. Uh, and you know, a lot of the time, it just it doesn't go any further. So it's, it's those rare people though that are willing to, I I guess, look past uh, the superficial part of disability and explore the whole the whole part of it explore the whole hey you want yeah. to explore the whole yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, got I, I got that i got that um so but no i agree with you i think you know i think for me it's different i think it's not so much looking past the disability it's more so looking directly at your ablest fears head on and being like what are you afraid of here let's talk about it and i think that when i engage with queer men particularly I feel like, and you're saying communication is something that we're really good at, but what I've yeah. learned in, in talking to a lot of queer men, especially right now during all the pandemic stuff and not being able to do anything, talking to a lot of queer people online, realizing that queer men don't communicate very well. We don't know how to talk to each other unless we're talking about like dick or drag race or like, you know, like, but to, yeah. to, to, to sit down and have a proper combo is very rare. And yeah, I mean, it. I, I mean, I, I've had the conversation now, like the real conversation now, at least four times. And you're right. Before that, though, it's all, you know, you know, did you see Drag Race? You know, are you top or bottom? Like, it's all, you know, superficial. Not superficial, but it's all, you know, standard. It's all service. It's all service level standard gay like stuff. Yeah. And for me, like, for me, like, I have, I get pretty deep into the people that I'm a, that I'm either fucking or attracted to pretty quickly because I'm like, I need help. I need you to like, you know, I, I can see behind you. I see you have, um, your, your ceiling track lift and your higher lift and all those things. Yeah. Um, so like for me, those things factor into the play and I have to have a conversation with my partner about like, what, here's what I need you to do and here's how we're going to do this. And like, if you're going to do this, you have to get used to this. And so yeah. like, I don't have time to talk about your stupid drag race discussion when I'm like, I, I need to show you how my sling goes on. Like, I don't care about that. Yeah. Uh, let me just turn it to you a bit. But when you are talking about the sling and everything, do you find it kills the kind of the romance and the, the novelty of, of like foreplay and stuff, or I mean, like how, because how I predominantly work with, because I predominantly work with sex workers, and I work with people that I will be seeing on a regular basis to meet my needs, and I get to know them, and we build a relationship. Like the guy that I see, John Shields. Hi, John. Um, he, he is, you know, he is smoking hot. By the way, I just gotta throw that out. <laughs> 
<laughs> I will let him know. He will be very, and he, if he ever comes to Calgary, I'll give you, I'll set you guys up. He's good people. I'll leave the door open. And he has quite a big paintbrush. Um, <laughs> Um, but you know, we 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 built a rapport, and, and most of the people that I see work in that industry because I feel safer around sex workers actually than the average guy on on grinder or scruff. So once I teach them what to do and what my needs are, we don't really have to have that conversation again. Right. So, but I mean, if it was a two a.m. hookup and I had to show you, like I remember, I remember being in college and showing random dudes that I never that I would never see again, like how to yeah. put me in bed and how to do stuff. And I, I would say that it it doesn't kill the foreplay, but it does change the change what they were expecting because that's the moment where they realize just how disabled you are and then they have to like confront that in themselves. Like yeah. seeing you in your wheelchair before anything happens, like, oh yeah, I, I understand he's disabled, but I don't have to touch that. The minute we get in my bedroom and we want to fuck, then all of a sudden they have to confront the fact that oh i have to touch this disabled person oh absolutely and i think that's i think that's a little scary for a lot of them how can you can you kind of elaborate more on your experiences with the people you've been with in terms of like you said they were positive which i think is great how how has those experiences of the sling and of like doing that for a sexual encounter for you been good uh it's just i mean it it just felt normal. Like we we had a we had a you know open and honest discussion b- beforehand, and it was like this is what I need to have happen. Like, are you are you willing to do it? And, and um, if they said no, then they would just leave, and then you know on to the next you know Tinder match or whatever. <clears throat> but most of the time they. They've been very positive and very understanding, and they, they, um, I, you know, I obviously, I deal with uh, chronic pain, so that kind of factors into the whole uh, sex thing too. Um, so I mean, it's just talking beforehand, talking during, and talking after as well. Okay, I'm gonna and I'm gonna get deeper into the conversation because I have, I have questions. So like, I know for me, I don't have a lot of movement when it comes to the sex the sex that I yeah. want to have with people. So like, they will will have to do a lot of the moving for me, and I'll just like basically, as long as I can open my holes, I'm good. But yeah, if I can't, like you know, so I'm I'm curious because we have a very similar level of CP. What is like movement in the bedroom for you? Like, well, I, this is always an icebreaker for guys, but I always say, you know, I have one move and it's called the starfish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a starfish and I'm a dead turtle. We can be <laughs> like pals, it's great. So, it, 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 you know, same as you, as long as you're able to like oh, oh, open all the holes that you need, need to open and like turn the right way, you're good to go, you know. Um, I have another question. I don't know how personal you want to get, but I I have go a question for just for like, okay, so I have never bottomed before for anybody because of my the tightness of my body, and I just don't like because of my disability and all those things that are things. Yeah. As much as I want to, I'm like I don't know if bottoming is a thing I'll be able to do. So was that a conversation like that something you? Thought about and worried about as a as somebody with CP, spastic CP. Um, you know, not not really, and you th- you think I would worry about that and stuff, but no, I just I'm kind of I kind of let the moment kind of dictate where we want to go. Dictate, I get hey, it. Dictate. Um. <laughs> 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 But no, I mean, because for me, it called me really blunt for me in terms of like cleanup and in terms of like, you know, pain and like, I can't, as much as I want to bottom and it's something that I'm very excited by and I would love to do with somebody, but I feel like there's a lot of trust that has to go in there. I feel like yeah. that's a whole other conversation with somebody. How yeah. do you navigate 
the and this is less of a podcast question and more of just like an Andrew question. How did you navigate those things with the like that discussion of like, hey, so like for me, my my fears are this. I can't I can't douche myself out. So like that's a terrifying conversation. And then like, you know, I have fears around people thinking that I'm already dirty because I'm in a wheelchair. So like right how did how did you navigate all those discussions with your partners that you did that with well i mean you know baby wipes are a must so that's that's always a that that's always baby wipes are a must in our lives anyway yeah 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 so like just just being really open and just being like yeah that's what i need and like no it's not clean yet like you know you, you just you just got to be really detailed with <clears throat> with your partner. And was like, was it? Again, I'm gonna be really direct here. Was it? Was it something you? Was it the cleaning part something you did with the the partner that was gonna eventually sleep with you? Was it a like were you like, hey, so I want to get I want to get fucked and like I want you to do it, but I need your help with this. Or or was it something you were like, hey, caregivers, can we talk about this first before, like. Uh, and no, it wasn't the caregivers; it was the partners. So wow, that that made it like all all the all the much more amazing because <laughs> if they were able to be that vulnerable um, and that real with me, it didn't meant the sex was going to be <clears throat> that much better. Okay, future lovers of Andrew. You heard it here. Yeah. Somebody gonna come and wipe my wipe my ass before we talk, because I want to be, I want to get up all of that vulnerability <laughs> with you. Um. So. Okay, so if there if there's one position, other than a starfish that you wish you could do as a disabled person, and I'm going totally off book. I have not written any of these questions down. This is literally yeah. off the top of my head right now. Um. Uh, if you could do one position that wasn't starfish, that is totally inaccessible to you right now, as a gay guy with CP, what what position do you wish you could do? I I, I honestly wish I could uh, take a guy up against the wall. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've said it like fifty thousand times on this show. That's all I ever. That's all I want to do is take a take a guy up against the wall or be slammed up against the wall. Yeah, but any I, of those. I, I I mean you have to remember the, uh, the imagination is a pretty powerful thing, so you know even though I can't um, physically do those things, the thoughts are always going to be there. So amazing. Um, imagination is very very powerful. And. You know, because you talked earlier when you were coming out about the worrying about your family and worrying how it would be perceived, and obviously you have queerness in your family, weirdly enough, so do I. Like, are we the same person? Because my... I, I, my think, I think so. My aunt is also gay, and so, like, it feels just... You and I have a very similar story. Like, I feel like it's just very weird. Um, <laughs> but, you know, other than your sister being being gay and your, be having queerness in your family, how was your... How has your coming out been perceived? Um, with with my family, great. Um, I I found it very challenging with my friends. Um, really? Yeah. Um, not that they were, not not that they were obviously against, you know, me being out. But yeah, for me, I just found it harder to tell my friends than my family. Because and, uh, honestly, I don't. I don't know. I don't probably because I played the you know straight guy for so long and was like you know played along with all the you know typical straight conversation for you know the majority of our friendships, and then all all of a sudden there's this like about phase like. No, I actually like dicks. It's so. It, please, it, please tell me. Please tell me that's how you came out to all your friends. No, I actually like to. Uh, 
<clears throat> I I I wish it was that funny, but there there was there was definitely some some tears involved on my part. But you know, everyone else, everyone has been amazing since um, <clears throat> meeting out and um, before as well. So and I realized that you know how lucky I am that. I do have the support that I do because not a lot of us out there have that safety net that they can lean on. Yeah, and a lot of us are in not only family care situations where coming out is really hard, but yeah. also we are, we're maybe in supportive housing like you and I are, where talking about being queer and like explaining to a care worker that you're going to you, like you need a shower because you're gonna go hang out with a dude later, or you're gonna go see right. somebody later. That's not always an easy conversation to have. How have you found being in a supported housing, like having respite care, and you know owning your queerness? Has that been an easy journey for you? Within within my building, you mean, or just uh... or just with the caregivers that you interact with? Well, the ones that I that I have to work with, you know, I I. I made it very clear to them that, you know, I, I am out and if you, if you have a problem with it, then, you know, we can't work together anymore. So I, I kind of kind of drew a line in the sand and fortunately everyone's kind of accepted me with open arms and, and you know, it, it's fine with every aspect of being, you know, a proud gay man. Amazing. That's that's really good to hear. I mean, most of the workers where I where I live are too, but I remember there have been you know there have been moments where you have to sit them down and be like, no, this is who I am, and like, like I'm gonna need help to get ready for this date, and I'm gonna like, and most of them are cool, but sometimes you really have to like assert yourself and say like, no, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, like I I learned also being in the closet. Like one thing I. Um, one thing I wanted to make perfectly clear to myself and, and be really, um, um, be really firm on this, uh, was that I'm not going, I'm going to <clears throat> hide any aspect of who I am anymore. <clears throat> so that includes like everything. So I just made it my mission to be open with everybody. That's fantastic. I, mm -hmm. and, and I'm, you know, to hear it, to hear you so easily two years after coming out, like, not easily, but to hear you so confidently say, like, I'm going to be who I am, fuck the rest of you, like, this mm -hmm. is me regardless. That's, that's, yeah. I, mean, that's I think that's a big, it's a big step for anybody, but especially for, for somebody who's doubly marginalized like we are, um, yeah. where we don't have the support we often don't have the community we often don't have the queer like band of brothers and like wolf packs and all that stuff the queer the queer men like to talk about all the time we generally don't yeah. have that so to know that you're like I'm going to be myself no matter what is that's a pretty powerful statement yeah and, and you know like you, you know I, I count on my my sister and my sister-in-law a lot like to to help me kind of navigate this this <clears throat> gay you know this gay amazing you know cockfield world um because i mean they 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 just they say like all the time to me they just say like be who you are whoever that is so, and you know, because you've you because we've said dick a lot this episode, we've said it we've said it quite a lot in the last little bit. So, yeah, curious. I need to know from one gay gimp to another, what's your favorite kind of dick? Uh oh, well, they they, they got to be clean shaven for sure. What? Clean shaven all the way. Oh no, I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight you so uh, hard on that. Um, no. Man, man I, 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 I love those twinks. So what can I tell you? Oh no. I mean, yes, I, I love them too. But I would say, <laughs> I would say my favorite kind of dick is daddy dick. Number yeah. One. Yeah. Um, but clean shaven, no, 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 no. I need, I need some. 
I need some bush happening there. Uh, like, how, how big a bush are we talking about? Like, you know, some 1970s porn bush I'm good with. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Like, let me like, let me get all up in there. With, with the, like, the, uh, pen, the pencil stick mustache and all, all that, or just, just the bush? Um, I would say <laughs> just the bush. Just the bush. I'd also say that I love all dicks, all of them. Let me be clear, all dicks I love. Yes. So, and I also love dudes without dicks too. They're, they're all great. But what I'm saying is yeah. that, if I, that if I had to choose, Bush is my favorite. Really? And wow. Guys who are like 45 and up. Yep. Call me. 45 and, and up. Wow. Yeah, no. I'm, I, as I've gone. Here's what, I've gone here's where we are very different. We are very, we are we are very different in that way. <laughs> you like them you like them a little bit younger then. Yeah, I do, I do. Well also because you know you've just come out and you're probably you're probably exploring still. Yes, yeah. Um and you know we talked about it a little bit and I need to know now because I know you've done both things yeah. and I haven't. So would you classify yourself as a more of a disabled top or more of a disabled bottom? Uh, I, I would say a bottom, for sure. So you like to be in control then? Yes. Because, you know, the bottom calls all the shots. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and what would you... And I'm only asking... I'm asking all these questions because, like, it's exciting to actually have a conversation with another person who's literally ha- is mirroring my exact experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, I have so many. I have. A, I want to ask you questions about, like, what is what is your because we, you know, when we talk about sex and disability, we tend to forget that disabled people can give pleasure too. Like, yes. like so, as as a proud gay disabled bottom man, what is your favorite um, way to give another partner pleasure? I, I would I would say nothing says pleasure to me than giving a good <clears throat> blowjob. Like if if, I mean, if if you can master a good blowjob, then I think I I think you're there. See, I would say that also. I'd also say um, for me, giving someone else pleasure, I would say sit on my face for like an hour, and I'll yeah. just be quite happy. Because like, yeah, I because yeah, yeah. really. Because exactly. and I've said this before, I don't have to do anything. I just get to sit there and you know move my tongue around. That's easy enough to do. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. I I I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, you're right. You just you just I have mean, to you just have to sit there and enjoy the show, you know. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about your crush on Dan Levy because we talked about this off the air and. <laughs> You know, on the off chance he listens to this show, which I don't think he does, but on the off chance he does, tell me why you love Dan Levy. Well, uh, first of all, what's not to love? <laughs> just, just how, how, um, just how sure of himself he is, and what a, what, what a positive um, role model he is for the um, gay community. Um, and number one, and then number two, he's just the the most. Gorgeous man I've ever seen in my life. We we were talking <laughs> off the air that if Dan Levy ever wants to be in an open relationship with two hot disabled guys, we would gladly share him with consent and love, of course. So Dan Levy, if you're listening to this, or the guy who plays Patrick, whose name I can't remember right now, but you know who you are. That would be Noah Reed. Yeah, or no, Reed, I know you're straight and you have a wife and that's great, but if ever you want to, like, just hang out, let me know, let us know. You're also really awesome. Um, uh, David, is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you wanted to, like, bring up today? Um, I, I don't think so, but first, I, I just have to say, uh, you know, being here with, with you, um, it, it just... It just it feels feels right, and you know I'm I'm so grateful that there's people like you in not only the disabled community but the gay community as well. So 
Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, no, that makes, you know, and I, I th and thank you for, for coming on and sharing a story <clears throat> and being so, and, you know, doing also what you do, because I, like, my story is only one and I can't, I don't want to speak for everybody. And so be, being able to come on and have you come on and share, you know, your coming out story and you like all the big dicks you want to suck, like all the, <laughs> doing, doing all that as also, a, you know, somebody with the CP and so like, I don't often see myself represented in story in, in, in a lot of queer stuff. And so just see, the minute we started talking, I was like, oh, this 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 conversation is going to go in a different way than I had planned it to. Like, as soon as we were talking for a little bit, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to go completely different than what I had expected. And it was so nice because, like, I, I want more disability representation, of course, but I want more power wheelchair using queers of CP to tell me that, like, their story. Because we have Ryan O'Connell, who's amazing, and we have other people who are queer and disabled doing stuff. Yeah. But we don't often see, see it from a lens of a power wheelchair user, like doing their thing. So the fact that you have been so open to share your story and to like be as sexually kind of expressive as you have been in the last hour has been really kind of awesome. And really, it makes me excited to become your friend and to chat more and to, to know that there's someone else out there going through the same stuff. That's fantastic, my friend. Thank you so much. Anytime. Um, <laughs> the last question that I wrote down was about what are the challenges of running a business as a disabled person but I feel like I feel like that it, given that we just how do you segue from like dicks to business I don't know so I'm not going to ask that question I'm just going to say <laughs> uh, David Woodell how do people get a hold of you how can they follow your work how can they buy a painting <laughs> Yeah, so it's uh, sixwheelpaintingco.com and I'm on Instagram, um, sixwheelpaintingco. Um, so please check out my work. And I, I'm, on, I, I'm on Twitter as well, so um, DOW at uh, uh, sixwheel as well. <coughs> Sorry, can we cut that part one second? Yeah. Sorry. And, and Facebook. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's okay. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I don't know what I was going to say. Uh, you want me to do it sorry, again? Andrew. Want me to do it? I can do it again. Yeah. Want me to, want me to say it again? Okay. So, so David, how... <laughs> sorry. Okay. I'm a shit editor, so I'm just gonna keep it in, but we'll just say it again anyway. So David, how do people, how do people, how can they get a hold of you? How can they follow your work? How can they uh, buy a painting, all that stuff? So it's sexwheelpaintingco.com and Instagram, sexwheelpaintingco, Facebook, it's all sexwheelpaintingco. So please go ahead and check it out. Awesome. I'll make sure that that's all in the show notes for today. This was a really fun interview and it really it got way dirtier than I expected it to. And so thank you for going there with me. It was fun. Um, I had a good time and I'm glad I made a new friend. And so thank you so much for coming on Disability After Dark today. And we'll talk so soon. Thank you so much, Andrew. Take care. Thanks. Bye. All right, everybody. Well, that's another beautiful episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. Thank you so much for sticking around and for listening and being there for every episode of the show. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com and you can book me for talks and see more of what I'm doing. You can also follow me on my Instagram and Twitter at andrewgerza underscore that's where I do a lot of my disability justice and social justice stuff around disability, have a lot of great conversations around disability, and try to make disability accessible to everyone there. So follow me there. If you want to follow the podcast, you can download it on any podcast player, as well as you can go to the, our Twitter, our Disability After Dark Twitter, DisAftDarkPod on Twitter. Um... Thank you 
so much for listening to this episode. If you want to support the show, again, you can go to patreon.com slash disability after dark to pledge as little as $1 a month or $5 a month. Also, please, wherever you listen to your podcasts, leave us a five-star review. It really helps getting, getting the show noticed. Also, if you want to be on the show, pop me an email at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Let me know your suggestions for show ideas, things you want to hear on the show, stories about disability that you want a light shone on. Thank you so much for listening. I'm, of course, your delectable host, Andrew Gerza. Let's stay comfy, cozy, and crippled, and we'll be back soon. Thanks, friends. Bye. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Drew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2020-2021